What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Playing Rotation Podcast. It's your boys, CJ, Ryan, Jack, and Scott Jackson. Uh, today is Wednesday, November 4th. And today, we have a very fun episode for you. I know me and Ryan are about to get into it. We're about to get at it. <laughs> we got a uh, Pac-12 preview. Um, you know, we're going to be previewing this conference. This is the last Power 5 conference to start playing uh, fall football. Shortened schedule, but, you know, we're going to make the most of it. We're going to talk about our season, the this important season. Um, you know, I'm excited. Uh, it's, it's, you know, like Ryan mentioned in the last episode, this really hasn't felt like, uh, you know, college football doesn't hit the same uh, because the Pac-12 was out. But, you know, we back and we're excited. Um, you know, primarily we're going to be talking about the Oregon Ducks, given that both Ryan and Scott are graduates mm-hmm. from UO. Yes, sir. Sco Ducks, baby. Yes, and sir. Given the fact that I've been a USC fan my whole life, I'll be talking about USC. Uh, but you know, but first things first, we're going to talk. You know, we're going to preview the conference uh, overall. Uh, but before we get all into that, how are my boys doing today? We good. Very we well. good. Feel good. <laughs> well, Scotty, um, so I've seen. Uh, I've seen on your snaps. You uh, started. Uh, you went back to your old high school at Woodbridge, and now you're beginning your coaching career. Yes, sir. As Get a D line. Yep, D-line, D-line, yep. Oh, okay. How's uh, how's that been? This is, this is like your first week, right? Yeah, so this is day two, and right now we're doing like a little tryout process, trying to figure out um, which positions everyone's going to play just because they haven't had like a true offseason because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So the last two days we've just been testing everyone's 40, and we're doing like a shuttle run, um, and that will kind of narrow it down to who's playing what position because if you're running like a 5-5, you're obviously not going to be a receiver, you know? Because we have a lot of people that want to be received all the all the skill positions, you know what I mean. So they want to get those fantasy points. Yeah, for real. So that's what we've been doing the last two days. Uh, tomorrow and Friday we got maxes. So that's, that's what we do. They're, they're not just basing it off of last year's season. No, so they're not because there's no freshman JV. I don't think. Oh, so I think perfect. everyone's kind of just on varsity. So a lot of the a lot of Young the guy. kids, the coaches don't know. Yeah. So how the boys looking? Um, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't show them the pod, baby. Just they're small, the man. They're pretty small. They're. It's not like when we played. Like, I feel like as the, the years, go, as the years go on, I feel like as the years go on, like everyone's getting progressively smaller. Um, but there, there is some potential. Like I've been like scouting my D line, and I've been asking the big boys, like, are you offense or D line defense? And a lot of them want to play defense. So I'm like, all right, bet. As, so I like to see. Step so into I, my I've, been, I've been scouting. There's, bro, there's one kid, though. He looks like a D1 athlete. I was like, Ooh. okay. Like, he's he built. Oh, he's oh. built. And he's a senior. He's a safety. He looks like Tyler Brandon, bro. Really? And I was talking oh. to Coach Noji, and he was like, he plays exactly like Tyler. So I was like, okay. And he wants to play D-line? Do you, do you know anybody? Uh, no, he's a safety, but I'm just saying he oh. just looks like he's a baller. freaking baller. Do you know anybody that could like that you could take under your wing and you know? Oh yeah, be the Scott Jackson of the class. Uh, actually, yeah. Cause, know, so my I've, I met. Here's the I thing met is, Scott, you gotta get him to lift, bro. I know. I met two guys, and this kid he was like he reminded me of Bryson, who was like, oh god, he was like what three fifty, big boy, but he was he can move. This kid, this kid was this kid was probably pushing like two ninety. 310 and he can he can move he ran like a five seven you're talking, five about Bryson, you're talking about your guy this guy this kid oh, he's like a junior 
So no I, tackle. Man, that's a nose tackle. I, yep. He's a, a de- defensive tackle. So I'm like, okay, like I'm going to work with you. Like I see some potential in you. And then there's one kid that looks like Bartel, bro. And he can move too. And he's also a defensive tackle. So I'm like, all right, bet. Does he like, have I'm, I'm going to have some kids on the D line. You better get him right. Right, Scott. Mm-hmm. You better get him right. Oh, yeah. That's good. That's good to hear. Um, so, so Trey, what about your team, though, actually? Oh, my basketball coaching, team, right? Yeah. You're still coaching, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, I am. Uh, you know, basketball <laughs> well, doing some personal training. Doing some personal training on the side. Um, you know, that's fun. You know, I think, you know, as a coach, you have different voices. Or actually, as a, as a basketball, you know, when you're involved in basketball, you have different personalities. Like, you have a player side of you. Um, you know, that kind of stays, you know, with you for a long time. But then there's a the coach voice. You know, you have to have a, a coach voice. And then there's a the trainer voice. The training voice is more freelance. Coaching is more like instructive and teaching. And, um, you know, it's fun. I've been around basketball. It's good that I've been around basketball even after I've kind of finished playing. So, you know, it's fun. Our, our guys are looking okay. Uh, you know, it's a process, but hmm. exciting. You know, I, you know, I might get my own team this year. So, you know, we'll Ooh. see. We'll see. That'll be fun. Drawing up yeah. your own plays. Uh, I don't know about that. I'm just going to be uh, – we're just gonna be pressing. We'll be one of those team that presses and, and all that. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just playing. All right, but uh, transitioning into our topic of discussion for today, how are you boys feeling that the Pac-12 is officially back? I'm so excited, bro. We about to run the pack up again. Let's go, Ducks! My God, <laughs> yeah, no you guys win one Rose Bowl. You guys win one Rose Bowl, and you guys get you guys start talking. CJ, CJ, it's it, there's nothing going on with you with your children. Oh no, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Don't worry. We'll get to that later. Ryan, how do you feel? As Saturdays are back, baby. I'm excited. It, it, I don't know. It just brings like now, like I said last time. Now that everybody is playing. Every conference is playing. It, it, there's some normalcy to, to call it football yeah. again. And, yeah, I'm excited. That's the word that I think, you know, that fits the situation, like, perfectly is normalcy. You know, 2020, we've kind of lost that. But it's kind of nice that we're kind of getting, you know, back to that, uh, the swing of things. You know, it's like this fall didn't really feel like fall without, you know, football. Um, so, you know, it's good. Jack, you're your Pac-12 troll. Do you have anything? Uh... <laughs> hey, all you know what? Since I don't, you know, my team suck. UCLA, um, you know, uh, that's kind of like my childhood team. And then for anybody who is just a new listener, I went to NAU. They're absolutely booty in football, <laughs> so I I cannot you cheer. Even for have a football team? Way. We do, unlike UCI, okay. which that is like communism, if you ask me. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It's un-American to have. I shouldn't have asked that. Dude. I knew it was going that way. But, uh, at least we have. At least we have one. We suck, but we have one. Okay. But uh, to talk trash, just to make myself feel better, the Pac-12 is dead. Ain't no, doing nothing. Whatever. U of O with zero championships, which will be there forever. All right, chill you out. Chill out. Hey, so bro, you're a UCLA fan. Why are you talking crap, bro? Come on. <laughs> Nobody else in the Pac-12 could do anything. So, I mean, he might have a point. I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. We'll get to that later. But um, you know, like we mentioned earlier, uh, there's a shortened season this year. Uh, every Pac-12 team is only going to be playing in their division. So the Pac-12 North, North, one game outside playing. of division too. Yeah, and then one game outside of division. So a total of six games. You know, I mean, it is what it is. We have to deal with we, you know, with what we have. Um, but you know, we're just grateful that we have a season. Uh, so let's just get into it. 
Let's start previewing the conference as a whole. I know we're going to get to, you. obviously, USC and Oregon are the favorites in the conference. But before we start talking about them, are there any surprise teams that stand out to you guys, you know, as we get into this season? ASU. Yeah. I think they have a real shot at upsetting you guys week one. I'm not even, you know, I'm not even mad about that. I kind of agree. So I agree with Scotty, ASU. I also think it'll be interesting to see uh, what Utah does this year. I know you guys hate on Utah, but they've been a top 10 team. Honestly, it's, I don't even hate on Utah. It's just, it's so hard because they recruit heavy Juco and you never know what you're going to give Juco instead of like your freshmen that come in. You know what I mean? So it's, that's like, it's like a, it's a toss up for sure. They don't get get Juco, Scotty. They also they lost, get like um, guys who are coming from their mission trips, and they come back like twenty five. BYU, bro. True. BYU. No, both. It's both, both of them for they sure. Both. I feel. It. I don't know, but yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting. They lost the. They lost their running back. Um. So and their quarterback yeah, and their receiver. They lost some key pieces. Uh. So it'll their be whole defense. It'll be interesting to see what they what they do in the south, um, the north. UW dogs down. Um, I don't think they're going to do anything this year. And I have to disagree with you there. They, I think I'm pretty sure they pulled in like a good recruiting class for 2020. Yeah. Did they? Yeah. University of the University of Washington Huskies. Um, I they think have a new coach. You know, they have a new coach. You know, they have a they brought up their defensive coordinator as head coach as Peterson stepped down. But um, yeah, but know, those DBs are nice. They got like three first round, three potential first round defensive backs. Um, you know, the quarterback situation is kind of murky. Uh, running, back, running back situation, murky. Yeah, the whole offense is and pretty suspect. But. Imagine being a new coach with COVID. He hasn't even had a real – he can't – he hasn't had time to implement anything. Yeah. Or put his stamp on the program. So, even if he yeah. came from within. And like like um, like Scotty said, Arizona State, also really nice. They had a pretty uh, good season last year. They got one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the country, in my opinion, and Jaden Daniels. A lot of potential there. Uh, Herm second Edwards. Best, second best quarterback they, in the uh, conference. Beat, they beat Oregon last year, right? They did. Yeah, they did. Thanks, we, for have such, we have such a hard time playing down in Arizona. Well, you don't have to play them this year. But, uh, you know, uh, Arizona State looks nice. Jaden Daniels, that defense, they have uh, Marvin Lewis coaching their defense now. As a defensive, yeah, I mean, and and ASU pulled in a the twenty rank. They were ranked twenty three. Their recruiting class, yeah, yeah. So they could do something. I think you know it's going to be them and uh, SC um, in the South for um, the two biggest names, at least. Mm-hmm. You know, now that I'm thinking well, about it, to move to move back up to the North, Cal is going to be an interesting team to watch because Cal Cal loves-, Cal loves to start off hot and then they start losing games left and right. And with a six-game season, if they get hot early, they, there's less time for them to to mess up. Uh, and Cal was without their Cal was without their um, starting quarterback for a lot of last season. Yeah, uh, I think I think it, Cal might might make might make some noise. They might play. They some were like ranked as high as like 15 last year, something like or, that. Yeah, they started off like four and zero. Yeah, they were like one of the few undefeated teams left. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think I think they can be interesting. I think the Pac-12 has got all interesting teams as long as they stay out of their own way, man. Undefeated Pac-12 team is going to hit the playoff. Okay, yeah, that's what I want to touch on next because you seem to think the Pac is really good. Uh, hold me on, hold on. and Scott, not really good, but good yeah. enough to get a playoff team. 
I just don't think, you know, Scott I, don't, I don't think that our conference has ever been strong enough to just run the pack and then you automatically get a playoff spot. The reason why Oregon has such a, such a like they schedule so tough at the beginning is to help their chances. Like that's why we had Auburn and like this year, that's why we had Ohio State and North Dakota State. You know that's, what I mean? That's the new trend though for all the conferences. Everyone's planning one power five, big power five conference team, one non power five conference, and then like a dud game every year now as the three non conference. Yeah. All I just feel like games. I feel like it's you have to I like for the Pac twelve, you have to. Because Ohio State, like that conference, they play a, a pretty good schedule. Uh, SEC one hundred percent. You normally have like two SEC teams in the playoffs, so it's like I I I agree with you though in the sense of I think the a Pac twelve team normally would have to run the table to get in, but when you look at the Pac twelve compared to the Big twelve, if there's like an eleven and one Pac twelve team, and then there's an eleven one Big twelve team, whoever has the bigger the better wins is gonna go. Yeah, because I I don't I don't know, it, yeah. And like that, that's always been the meter for that fourth spot was Big Twelve, Pac twelve. I think it's all about building resumes, especially if you want to get into the playoffs. Um, and you know, the Pac twelve hasn't been good uh, in a while. Um, you know, uh, they haven't made the playoffs since the very first year that they had it, which was like the 2014-2015 season Mariota. when Oregon was there. Yep. Oh, uh, UW um, made it too. Come on. Oh, now. UW made it. So maybe 2016-2017 season. Yeah. That's the last time. But um, you know, it's just it's all about it's building resumes. Though, yeah, you know, the Pac-12 is just falling behind. I also have to think it has something to do with the leadership. I know there's a lot of talks that the conference uh, commissioner is just not very good. Larry Scott, you know, did not put any pressure on uh, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, to get this thing going. Um, so you know, a lot of people are frustrated with him. Uh, I think you know it has something to do with leadership as well as the product on the field. But yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, an undefeated Pac-12 team makes the playoff as the fourth okay, spot. But, but, but let's just they say will have, they will have at least two ranked wins. Okay. I mean, I mean it's, it's possible. Health. It is it possible because, I mean, Georgia's 4-1. Texas A&M is ranked number seven. They're 4-1. Florida's 3-1. So, I mean, it is possible. But let's just get into our uh, let's just get into our predictions, which will segue into our, um, you know, why we're here, essentially. So, uh, can we all agree that Oregon will win the North? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Can we agree that USC will win the South? No. no. I was okay. gonna say yes. Okay, I say yes. You cap it. We can't. I mean, we can't really like. It's it's a fifty fifty for me. It's but literally whoever wins that first game, I think they I run. Think so too. I, I think, think they so. run the south. Well, the thing I is think. with ASU though is ASU is always up and down. To be honest, yeah, that's, that's my biggest thing with ASU. ASU could come out and like play amazing one game and then just lay a you know. Yeah. Well, then again, uh, they're still building the program. But yeah, I was gonna say, what I wanted to bring up is that ASU they brought in a, a much higher recruiting class, especially after their performance last year, and you have a sophomore quarterback with. Field experience. I, I don't know. I think that ASU cannot be overlooked at all, especially because SC brought in like what the rank sixty four ranked recruiting class. Uh, we'll talk about that later. So but, I mean, but then I, again, I, you, can have, uh, you can even have uh, um, USC losing to Utah as well. You know? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's very so possible. They could be they could be sneaky good too. So 
let's get into our Oregon preview. Uh, you guys from Oregon, I want you guys to lead the conversation, and then Jeff and I will just fill in. So, go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> okay, I'll start. Uh, Scott, Scott, and I disagree a little bit on this. Um, I honestly am a, like, I'm confident that the pieces that we have coming in are going to fill and do a good job, but I'm honestly a little nervous about our team this year. We lose Herbert. We lose our entire starting offensive line. We lose Troy Die. We lose, I think every single one of our starting corners or DBs, except for one of them. Mm-hmm. And so like yeah, for yeah. me, these are, I mean, th- these are big losses. I, that that right there is. No, I agree least, with you. They are big losses. They are big losses. So they are I'm interested losses. to see how they fill in and play. Now, granted, Cristobal has been breeding a culture over there, and it's been succeeding. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm I'm more than confident that those guys are going to step in and play, considering that they have gotten some game time in the past with just being up by a lot or whatever the case is. I know they got some playing time when they played USC last year when we put the smacking on them. Um, yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, yeah. I, I'm confident they're gonna they're gonna run the table in the pack and go seven and zero. I'm just I'm honestly excited to see these like this new generation of of players in this on this team ball out this year. No, I mean I I agree with you 100. percent I think that. We have a lot of freshmen. We have, I mean, we have three five-star recruits coming in on the defensive side, and they're gonna be monsters, absolute monsters. I don't know if you guys have seen pictures of Justin Flo, but Justin Flo yeah, is big. Justin Flo hurts. Justin Flo hurts because you know, had USC had a more successful season, and they would have had they you know pushed harder for him, he definitely would have came to SC. Yeah, um, Cali kid. So yeah, Justin Flo. That's a that's the back-to-back year we got the number one recruit in the nation. So in the in the state. We're in the state, in the state, my bad. We had Kayvon, and then we had Justin. And then we also got Panay's little brother, Noah, coming in. And he's lost, he's lost like probably like 20, 30 pounds. I just put it all on muscle. But I mean, I don't know. I feel like we have, we definitely lost a lot. And I think Panay's the one that hurts the most because he's going to be the top five draft pick this year, this upcoming yeah. year. But I think that with the coaching staff and just with like our winning culture, like what we've been building the last few years, I think that we're easily going to run the pack. Easily, I mean, at least, at least, at least the North, because the, really, our only, our only competition is Washington, and yeah, not, not to be a little suspect because they have the new coaching staff, so we only know what to expect from them, really. Yeah, it's like it's either new coaching staff or it's new team, basically, and so I don't know, dude. If the freshman can play like game one and and ball out, then like it's like we didn't even miss a beat but like if it takes them a couple games to get in the flow i just it'll be interesting to see how this whole covid offseason you know thing really affects that big of a of a transition but i'm with you dude we're running the pack yeah. seven and oh, yeah. i mean our d-line doesn't change either our d-line literally yeah. not AT, change. the two outside linebackers don't change either yeah Hey, fun fun fact about Funa. I uh I watched his film back in the day and, and gave him the good word to give him the offer. <laughs> so, Modern day kid. There you go, yeah. Uh you know, you guys have some notable opt outs, right? Penesul. Um he was like the best, you know, best lineman on your guys' squad. Javon He's Holland. The best lineman in the country. Safety, yeah, best lineman in the country. Javon Holland, one of the best safeties in the country. And uh Brady Breeze. The Rose Bowl MVP last year. Yep. 
you know, does that not concern you guys at all? Because I don't think you guys mentioned any of that. Well, I think like we said, we just we're confident in the guys that are filling their spots. Yeah. Okay. All right. And let me ask you guys this. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jack. Oh, I was going to say Oregon does a uh, pretty good job of implementing new guys. You know, they don't miss steps most of the time, to be honest. They kind of come out firing. So, yep. That's what you need to do. If you want to be a good program in college football, um, the notable, like the really good teams, the notable teams, they reload. So, um, you know. You know, that's I mean, the whole that could get to that level, but <laughs> again, level again, I should say. But let me ask, ask let me ask you guys this: uh, No more Justin Herbert, and he's there for four years, four year starter at Oregon. Um, what can you tell us about these new quarter these? Because they haven't announced a starter yet. But what can you tell us about the uh, these quarterbacks that you have coming in? I'm pretty sure Shook is starting, isn't he? Out of show. Is it show or shook? I, I, I used to say show. You don't even know, bro. Uh, you know, I, I, said, I said show when people got mad at me for saying it's shook. People that work on the team. So I was I'm like, pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure from what I've heard from Chris Ball that he is for sure like the number one guy, at least going into camp. Yeah. I haven't really heard much um, of other stuff, but yeah, I mean, he was like the number one quarterback coming out of Arizona, pretty sure. Yeah, this man balled so, out. Yeah, so he's no, he's no joke. What did, what can you tell us about him? Is he is he like Herbert? You know, does does Oregon like to get guys like that? I've only seen him play a few times. He's, he's very. I, I haven't watched much film on him. He's very similar to Herbert in the sense of he can he's mobile enough where like he can run and stuff, but he's also got got a pretty good arm. He's big, dude. He's I think he's like six four or something. Five. I think I read he's six five. Yeah, six five. Like Herbert was six six. So I mean, I think he'll replace Herbert pretty well. Uh, I don't, don't know confidence wise because I feel like it took what Herbert like a year to get real go like really going you know so yeah well I mean, that, go that year was under Helfrich and Helfrich was a bum at his, at the end of that like they, I think they won what four games his freshman year so yeah it does so. say Tyler Shook that's how it's pronounced that's Shook. an interesting way to spell that for all the listeners who are unfamiliar with Oregon and 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 guys like me and Jack who are some players that um you know we should look out for that that we may not know about i think dante manning's big time what position he's a cornerback six six foot cornerback five star um when he committed he was a four star and then they upgraded him to a five star but he's i don't think i mean for the yeah he's gonna be a true freshman he's what's up you think he's gonna play this year Oh, I think he's going to play 100%. Behind Michael and, and all I was, guys. I, was gonna I think he's going to play because I think our cornerbacks are small. I think he's like the perfect size cornerback. I think he'll go league for sure. I think he could be a top two-round pick. I think Michael Wright was another one. CJ, you kind of touched on his name. Verdell. Um, everybody knows Verdell. That's a name people know. Yeah. Oh, we should know. Are you sure? Know. Yeah, you should yeah. know, I guess. He's been the starter for two years now. He's small, too. He's like 5'8". Oh wow, damn! These small running backs, yeah, These Darren Sproles type running backs. Um, we're we're looking at DBs. Me and Scotty on the defensive side of the ball. We're looking at defense. Oh, that's right. That's oh right. yeah, <laughs> we're not we're not too worried about the offense right We're now. looking for the fantasy points over here. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, for people who are you know you know gonna start watching college football now that it's on, you know, can you guys give us a sense of like Oregon's, you know, their play style, their identity as a football team? Because you guys said that they. You know, Crystal Ball is building a culture over there in Oregon. Um, I'm a, I'm not, you know, too familiar with Crystal Ball. I know he played for Miami. Uh, I know he's like a tough guy. But what kind of, you know, what is he kind of instilled into that program? Dude, physicality. 
being the mm-hmm. O-line coach at Alabama and like being around the SEC, he's brought that mentality and that physicality to Oregon. I mean, his goal was we're going to breed a team and a culture here that when we go on the road and we play tough games, we can pound it down their throat and win when you know against adversity like we're not gonna have to rely on trick plays or the no no huddle offense or whatever we can just run the ball and win it tradition like playing traditional football um so i think they try to they especially with last year's offensive line they try to rely their identity on the run game but when you have a blessing as the name of justin herbert you know you can let it you can let it fly too so i think they're gonna do the same thing they're gonna look to run first to open up the pass and let Shook do his thing, but they got they got some good they got some good receivers coming back too. Yeah, yeah they got USC's Devin Williams. They got um, Johnny, some freshmen. Johnny, Johnny Yams, Micah Pittman. Yeah, Pittman will be healthy. Yeah, it'll be. Uh, I think I that that they got um they I got mean, that one receiver from St. John Bosco too. Oh, Chris Houston, Chris Houston, Hudson. Yeah, Hudson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I think we're. I think we're being. I think we're gonna be good. I mean, we have even if Shook doesn't work out, we still have Jay Butterfield, who was he was a six six quarterback, four star, and I'm pretty sure he was. I don't know. I think I, I from what I can see, we really like those tall, the tall, tall quarterbacks, tall mobile quarterbacks. Sling, yeah. Well, when your offensive line that you're bringing in is six seven, three hundred pounds, like on average, you need some tall guys back there. Yeah. Yeah. Facts, facts. All right. Any last words before we get into, you know, my squad? Nope. No. All right. Let's get into it. Are you ready? Here we go. All right. So um, USC uh, coming off an eight and five season. Very disappointing. Very uh, a lot of attention. I've, okay. First of all, I've been a USC fan since. It's actually pretty interesting. I really didn't watch a lot of USC when. You know, Matt Leiner and Reggie Bush was there. My dad has season tickets. I used to go to those games, but I wasn't really paying attention. I kind of just wanted to go home. I kind of started catching on the year after, you know, the John David Booty days. So can't call me a bandwagon. I'll say this. Uh, I think I'm – out of all the teams that I root for, I think USC is the one team that I, I hardcore – like I care more about SC than I care about um, you know, the Lakers, uh, um, any other team, basically. So um, – yeah, that's where I stand. But um, you know, to get into you know my thoughts, um, because this this episode is going to be directed about the Clay Clay Helton debate. Because for some reason, everybody in the world knows that he's a not good fit for USC except for Ryan. So uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm just going to point yeah, some I'm out right. that CJ CJ has yet to say not a good fit for USC until yesterday when I said those words. I, I, he's I'm just out. not a good coach. Period. He, not he a good was coach. a terrible Sorry. coach, and then I told him and I told him why. And now he's saying not good for USC. All right, all right. Not a good coach for just not a good coach in college football. But before that, I need to give y'all a history lesson. So buckle <laughs> up. Let's rewind the clock to 2016. All right, USC starts off the season one and three. This is Clay's first season, by the way. They lose to Alabama, fifty-two to six in Jalen Hurts' debut. Um, you know, it's good. Just so keep in mind, they just got out outmanned, out physical by an SEC. Dude, their coach was like, or their quarterback was like Max Brown, one of the worst college football. Okay, but besides that, year. besides that, they just looked bad. They snapped the ball into the end zone like a, like the Cowboys did the other night. They just got out physical. They got hit hard. They just got bullied. Okay, um, keep in mind, 
out physical. First game as the head coach, keep in mind. They started off the season one and three, okay, but the offense looked significantly better when Sam Darnold took you know, took reins of the offense. Um, and a lot of people are still giving Clay a lot of, you know, a lot of, you know, criticism to this day because, you know, had Clay had the balls to start Darnold from the beginning, you know, USC probably could have made the playoffs. Who knows? Um, but yeah, that's another, that's up for another debate. They ended up winning the Rose Bowl that year. You know, Sam Darnold had a great game um, that year in 2017. The year 2017, the fall, uh, SC went 10 and 3. They lost big time, you know, primetime games against Washington State, Notre Dame, and Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl, out physical by uh, Ohio State. Uh, they very easily could have won. You know, they shut Ohio State out in the second half of that game, but Sam Darnold got sacked eight times. Um, you know, so physicality is just not a priority for Clay. Um, we kind of learned the very next year, um, what five and seven, a lot of people know that this was a very disappointing year out of 130 teams in division one football. They had, they finished 92nd in total offense under offensive coordinator T Martin. Keep that name in mind, Ryan. Yep. The offense just looked bad. You know, they had a lot of talent, Tyler Vaughn's, Michael Pittman. That was back in 2018, right? 2018, yes. And they had a top five recruiting class too, right? They oh. had uh, – I, ha- I have that written down. They had the number four recruiting class in the country. Yeah, you can't be doing that. You can't be bringing in the number four recruiting class and going five and seven. starting? No. What? Are all those freshmen starting? No. Half of them probably – I'll get to that later. I'll get to that later, I, mean, I, feel like, I feel like a program like USC should never dip below 500. Ever. Ever. Yes. Thank you. No real, no rebuilding Ever. years, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, um, out physical by teams like Stanford, Texas, Notre Dame, and get this, UCLA and Arizona State. You know, just can't have that. You're USC. The next year, they uh, you know brought in a new offensive coordinator, Graham Harrell. The air raid. They actually finished 37th out of 130 in total offense. Um, you know, JT Daniels, you know, got hurt. First of all, he threw Terrible for 215, 215 yards before he got hurt. Terrible quarterback. And a touchdown. He looked pretty good. I thought he looked pretty good. 215 yards, bro. He's on pace for 430 yards Again, a game. Against Fresno State. Anyways, uh, but, you know, he got hurt towards ACL. Keaton Slovis comes in, threw for 3,502 yards as a true freshman, 30 touchdowns, and only nine picks. As a true freshman. That's a high Two guys last year caught for a thousand yards. Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Michael Pittman. Again, they proved that they couldn't win big games, though. They lost to Notre Wait, Dame. Jack, what are you smiling one. about back there? <laughs> I, I'm just, I, I'm just I'm cracking yeah, up. He's learning. I mean, he's learning. He does not. He's not aware of the history here. Um, <laughs> no, I, I'm just smiling. CJ's not even giving it. <laughs> I'm just curious. I, I want, I'm giving you a history lesson. Listen, 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 listen. His points in, but I'm just smiling at the fact that how all of a sudden you get a good QB in, and then I just see Ryan's face glow up because it's like it it helps support Ryan's argument so much that everybody's gonna hear. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's just the system. Did you not hear what I said? He threw for 215 yards before he got hurt. He was a bad quarterback as a freshman. All right, we'll get to that later. He was Under very a different lying. offensive coordinator. You're, you're throwing that way. You should. No, I think quarterback. I don't care if you suck. You should be able to do that against Fresno State. Like, I, I don't care. Anybody should be able to do that. Thank you. Anyways, they lost big games. They lost games that they should have won against uh, Notre Dame, Oregon, and they lost to Iowa in the in the Holiday Bowl. Um, you know, just out physical once again. And here's why I'm frustrated. You know, Clay as a coach. 
Um, you know, uh, you know, in his, the last few years, he can't win big games. You never got to win a game against Bama, Ohio State, um, Texas. They got smacked by Texas. Lost to Notre Dame a few times in, this, in the last few years. Um, you know, just just couldn't want win big games. And like, if you if you can't win those games, how do you think you can beat guys like, you know, Dabo or Nick Saban or Ed Ogeron, teams like that? Yeah, um, yeah. Teams are just not physical. You know, he's guys. He has a reputation of not throwing on the pads for practice um these guys are just going shells and they get you know scott you play juco football if you don't you know practice hard what's gonna happen you get hurt yeah you, know, you can't tackle boy you can't tackle anybody you know and, and here's the biggest thing for me he just squanders talent and i think this is something that's gonna hurt them down the road uh the 2019 college football team talent composite rankings which factor in the high school stars um you know your high school stars and your overall rating had USC number four behind Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia. You know, 2020, after that really bad recruiting class and, of course, some graduations or whatever and departures, they're now at 10. That's still number one in the pack, but, you know, you know, they're starting to catch up to them. These recruiting classes haven't been good the last two years. Um, you know, you're losing recruits to guys like – to schools like Washington, Arizona, State, Oregon – um, you know, and, and, you know, Scott can attest to this, you know, we went to go check out a game a couple a couple years ago, modern day and Gorman, um, you know, the best state for high school football is in Southern California, correct? Mm-hmm. 100%. And, you know, USC is letting schools like LSU, Alabama, Oregon, and Clemson just come into their territory and just take guys, guys like Justin Flo, guys like, uh, Elias Ricks from LSU. You know, it's kind of sad. Um, they lose the South every year, which is the weakest division in college football. And, uh, you know, Clay just does enough to keep his job. He's the Jason Garrett of college football. Hmm. The reason why Jason Garrett was with the Cowboys for so long, you know, Clay's with the SC for so long. He does enough to keep his job, but not, ex- not exactly lose it. But um, there's a lot to be excited this year. You know, Clay's made a lot of staff changes on defense, brought in a new defensive coordinator from Texas. You know, they're hitting more in practice from what I've heard. They actually stole Oregon's defensive back coach and head recruiter. Yeah. So DBU is now at SC. How do you guys feel about that? No, I'm not I'm worried. Not even tripping. Yeah, I'm uh, really, I'm, re- I'm really not tripping. I'm kind of surprised that we held on to a lot of the recruits that we did. Like, there's yeah. no, for the most part, like none of them really decommitted. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Also, uh, you know, they got Graham Harrell back, who was getting looked at by the Philadelphia Eagles and Texas University of Texas to be their offensive coordinator. He's in the year two of the system uh, with Keaton Slovis. Um, they return eight starters on offense. Uh, they get Slovis, Keaton Slovis back, who's a top 10 quarterback in the country. Uh, top five. He actually, uh, pro football focus, actually had him as the number one pick for next year. So, And he was a two-star recruit. Isn't that interesting? Okay, we'll, get, we'll let you speak in a second. But, uh, <laughs> you know, they get Keaton Slovis, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Tyler Vaughn's back next year the whole off their whole running back room back uh they get their best offensive lineman back on defense they get hufunga who's a first round nfl talent uh drake jackson who was uh you know a lot of people talked about Kayvon thibodeau last year but drake jackson was um, also the other you know the other really good defensive lineman from california um you know they get their whole linebacking core and db unit back as well but um saying this right now if usc doesn't win the south Clay's job is uh, you got to cut it. You got to cut it. That's just my opinion. Yeah. So your response, Ryan? 
Let's get to it. <clears throat> okay, yeah. here we go. Here we go. So first and foremost, I will agree with you. SC's biggest problem is their physicality, right? Okay. I, if Clay Helton is going to fix anything on their roster, it's physicality. Um, they need to be hitting in practice. They need to they need to create that culture. Um, now they need to be starters against starters. Like they they need to be going at each other in practice so that it translates into the games. That's that's what they, if they I don't know what the statistic is, but they probably have the most missed tackles in college football. Because I, I was, was I think it was, just, and and just so people know, I grew up a diehard USC fan. Like I was a USC fan until I went to Oregon, and I me still too. I still am a USC fan until they play Oregon. So like, me too. Uh, this is coming from someone who isn't just you know up USC's you know whatever twenty four seven. We're not haters. We're, I'm not. Yeah. So, anyways. So, yeah, I do agree with you. Physicality, that's where they need to focus to win some of these big games. Now, USC needs to elevate their game instead of bringing it down to the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is so weak. They bring the level of play down. Um, But where you see, like, Alabama, Alabama crushes everybody. That would be, like, a UCLA. Who does that fall on, Jack? Wait. That's it, does, it does it does fall on like some of the coaching of how they do it, but that's like the problem with the Pac-12 in general is the fact. I think that it's all they're, coaching. They're so soft. Mm-hmm. Okay, soft. Ryan. So, yeah. No, go ahead, Jack. Go ahead, Jack. Oh, I was. I, I don't really have much else to say besides that, to be honest. So, so you mentioned the the player talent ranking for 2019. They were ranked fourth, correct? Yep. In 2019, they had 26 starters and key backups injured. They had three starting different QBs, a starting fourth string running back starting for them, four defensive starters out, or they were missing both starting cornerbacks or defensive ends in every single game. Every single game. And you're going to tell me that they had a bad year going eight and five with that, going seven and two in the Pac 12 with, with two of their losses by a field goal, and one of them was in overtime on the road. They also got whooped by it. 56 20. No, that's not. That's got to I say your name. You're supposed to help me out. <laughs> Bring that up. Okay. So, <laughs> no matter what the talent is, they were missing that talent on the field because they were all injured. And they, they were not. Have a healthy team. I mean, they had a lot of injuries, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't CJ. All at the same, it's not like the Niners right now. It wasn't all at the same time. You know, you have enough talent to win the game. DJ, if you yeah. have injuries that affects your team, when you don't have starters and you don't have the chemistry and you don't have the players on the field that are that are used to playing against the first string, that affects your team. So let me bring it to you this way. Going eight and five is impressive with two of those losses only being by a field goal and one was in overtime on the road. I'll, I'll, I'll address that later. But, you know, why are they so injured like that? They don't hit in practice usually. So the only time they hit in practice, Clay coaches practice as if they're still on sanctions. Injuries, they're not on sanctions anymore. Injuries can be a fluke thing too. And that whatever, if that goes back to physicality, then fine. That goes back to the yeah. practices. But you can't blame a coach for their players being injured, bro. And then That's like what were we talking about? Eight and five? I think okay, I've I've been saying this to Brian for years now. I think, you know, they're you know, like in college basketball, they're blue blood programs. And USC is the blue blood program of the West Coast. You cannot have a down year, right, Scotty? You have twenty six starters injured, one hundred at the same time. So that program, guys, USC program, 
they're so prestigious that that school should not be finishing with a losing record. They should not be finishing outside the top 25 year in and year out. That, that, that is agreed upon. That is agreed upon. But how can you expect them to win 10 games in a year with 26 of their starters being injured throughout the year? That dude, that's that's all the offense, all the defense plus four backups. If you if you quote unquote look at it, the injuries was not that big of a deal. Yes, they had guys in and out of the lineup, but it wasn't injuries it, like huge. If I were to like looking looking back at last year, they weren't all injured like the Niners are right now. It came in spurts. You know, you had guys in and out of the lineup, but you still had you know with the past recruiting classes like in sixteen and seventeen. So you're relying had- on a freshman to fill in a senior's role is basically what you're saying. You're relying on a guy that, that never played college football before to fill in in a Pac-12 game against Oregon or against UW or against Alabama, and you're expecting them just to shine and look good? It wasn't that injury-plagued of a season. Come on. That's my, that's I mean, my I feel like okay. Next. Is these kids, it's not like high school where it's like you have scrubs on the bench. You have three, four-star guys on the yeah. bench. Like They should be able to pick up the slack immediately. Yeah, it's like what you guys are talking about. Like what you guys talked about with Oregon. You guys can just pick up the pieces and reload, yeah. no matter if you have opt outs, graduations, or whatever departures. I think know. for the circumstances, eight and five is solid, especially going seven and two in the pack. Oh, I think, I think, here's the thing: oh, not to USC. Okay. Eight and five is good for another program, but you know, if you're a blue blood program like USC on the West Coast, you cannot have an eight and five season. This was coming back. This was coming off their five and seven year, their worst year in like. Yeah, okay, here's what I was saying. 99. Five is good for any other program, but if you're USC, you know, with, with the prestige that you have, you can't afford an eight and five season. You can't afford eight and five, look, five and seven seasons look, consistently. I'm, I'm looking at the whole thing, though. I'm looking at they went five and seven, now to eight and five with all the injuries. You can't be happy with eight and five with the, all that talent you have. And here's, here's the thing the minute, if you can, if you have that as your standard, right, Ryan, you have other schools, like I mentioned, Alabama. LSU, Oregon, Washington, Arizona State that just come into your recruiting did territory, I, Southern California. Did I like, ever did I ever say that that was the standard, or did I say that that was good for the circumstances? You can't be content with eight that's what I'm, Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So relax down there in the bottom <laughs> right corner of my computer screen. I didn't ever say that that was the standard or that was the expectations. But I think when you look at it, you're arguing that Clay Helton is a is a you said a bad football coach. With twenty, with the circumstances that he had coming off a horrible football season, I think that's a solid season. Oh, I don't think that, bro. Okay, that's fair then. But this, this is what I'm saying. All right, we're gonna get into Clay Helton's Clay Helton's track record here, since CJ decided to talk about all of the horrible forty and twenty-two. So he's forty and twenty-two overall. You take Jeez. away that that one bad year. He's at a seventy. You don't take. You can't take away bad years, right? <laughs> you can't. It happened. You right? went, he's, he's thirty-one and twelve against Pac-12 teams, and he's twenty and four against the Pac South. So he's absolutely dominating his his conference. Okay, now listen. I realize he's lost some big games, but he also has twelve victories over top twenty-five teams, and three in the top five, and four in the top ten. And when you look at their actual schedule, that's pretty impressive when you play in the Pac-12, and you're probably only getting two ranked games a year. It's probably Notre Dame and then Oregon or... It hasn't been Notre Dame. It's been Utah. We all know it's like the most overrated team. And Utah, Oregon, whatever. Okay. He won the Rose Bowl. He's been a Pac-12 championship. They went to the Cotton Bowl, right? 
Okay, now we're going to get into some statistics for the older USC fans who actually watched them in the Reggie Bush days. Um, right, okay. Where did you find this article? <laughs> you didn't link this to me. He is the first USC coach to have 10 win seasons in each of his first two full seasons, and he has more win totals in those two seasons than any other coach. Okay, that's including Pete Carroll. He's had a 19-game home winning streak, longest since the Pete Carroll days. He's had a 14-game Pac-12 win streak, longest since the Pete Carroll days. He's had a 13-game overall winning streak, longest since the Pete Carroll days. He's had a 13-game win streak over Power 5 opponents, longest since the Pete Carroll days. So when you look at his resume, and we know you love statistics, CJ, that is an impressive resume for a four-year coach for one of the years being five and seven. And I see Scott smirking up there because he knows I'm right. He's like, Dan, that's impressive. Okay? So, now let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, okay? Oh, my God. Let me tell you something. CJ sweating. He's sweating because he knows I'm right. He had one bad year when he had a freshman quarterback in JT Daniels who did not pan out as a five-star recruit. He was a five-star recruit. He was a five-star recruit, and he did not pan out. Okay, so fine. He didn't pan out. That's not on the coaching staff. He did not. He could not handle the pressure of being in the spotlight as a USC quarterback. He couldn't do it. He didn't fit the mold. He didn't fit it. And he knew that because he lost his job to a two-star true freshman, Keaton Slovis, and transferred his ass to the other side of the country to lose his starting job in Georgia to a guy named Stetson. Who Yo, had- <laughs> You want to know what he is? He's the modern-day Tate Martell. They, there it is. Thank Maybe. you. Maybe. I think it's unfair. I think no, it's unfair. No, I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm not. Oh, okay, go ahead. No. So, so 2018, <laughs> bad year with a bad quarterback. When an offense, right? We all know how important quarterbacks are in today's day and age. In mm-hmm. If you have a quarterback that's turning the ball over, has no confidence from his teammates, no control of the huddle, they're going to have a bad year. Okay? Now, mind you, I totally agree that teams like USC, programs like USC, should never be under the 500 mark and really should never be under eight and five. Honestly, should never. But they shouldn't lose more than four games. When you look yeah. at when you look at 2018, the way that Clay Helton was able to turn that around with all the injuries in 2019 with a with a two-star true freshman trying to figure out the quarterback situation, all that stuff, right? He is putting them on the right track to rebuild. And you even said, right, they're starting to practice with pads. They're starting to get back, try and get more physicality. So I think that they need to give him this season to prove himself before they throw him off the bus, as you call it. What was it? Uh, the lane train. What did they do? The tarmacking. Tarmac. Tarmac. <laughs> and send him on his way because he is a good football coach. He might not be the perfect fit for USC because he has gotten a lot of criticism. And you got to be like, I mean, we're talking like in that spotlight, you got to be able to handle everything. Yeah. So if if he wins the Pac-12 South and goes to the Pac-12 championship, he will have his job in 2021-2022 season as a USC head coach. And it you just I mean when you look at everything I just lined up, you can't deny that he is not a good coach. He's a good man. He's a good man, but a good man. A good man. You refuse Come a good on, man. Come you, on, Peter. Give him something. I mean, he's bro, a good man. That's I'm, that is my, that I'm, is my I'm something, Jack. CJ, I'm a USC hater, and I will give him the credit he deserves. Come on. I mean, bro, when you lose players like Sam Darnold, these are transcendental, whatever the word is. Transcendental. <laughs> transcendental. 
I don't know, something like that. Transformational players. I mean, these are generational. Thank you. Thank you. Generational players. And you're going to put in a true freshman who I'm pretty sure JT Daniels was like 17 at the time. Wasn't even like. It wasn't even sure. like, Did he skip his senior year, CJ? He yeah, skipped his senior year. He skipped his senior year. But I think he like I think he was like old enough. Like he got like held back or something. He did. Like, yeah. He's an Irvine kid. So for those of you for those of you wondering so, why Ryan hates him so much. That's that is not I'm from Irvine. <laughs> I don't know why I hate him. Um wait, 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 wait. weren't you telling me yesterday or the other day you need to show love to your fellow Orange County kid? Oh, that was Jack. That was Jack. And no, y'all crashing on JT Daniels. Look, I, I, I just I saw him play the way that the way that CJ talks about him, he talks about him like he's Trevor Lawrence and that he should be Trevor Lawrence, and like that's just not the case. He did not play that way. And I'm not gonna sugarcoat it as someone who has passion for the USC football program. Just because you're good in high school does not mean you can transfer it over to the next year. I would say this. JT was the sacrificial lamb to uh Clay that year because I mean you can blame it on the outsider. If you're an outsider, you can blame it on JT all you want. But the system that they had, they had no offensive game plan, bro. If you were to watch some of his touchdowns, the touchdown passes that he had, he was like, just chuck it, find Michael Pittman, and just chuck it, find him. You know, his offensive coordinator did not help him at all. You know, they fired him the next year, and JT looked really good in that one half. I mean, this is like something we shouldn't even be talking about because it's in the past, but. Um, you know, I just think, you know, he's just a sacrificial lamb. Uh, Clay, on the other hand, here's why I'm not happy. Because if you have all the talent that USC has, right, that you get from the pipeline, the California pipeline, that you get from, you know, recruiting. Um, if USC were to go get a championship coach, I know, like, when Clay's job was on the line, they were looking Mario at Mario Cristobal. Well, <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> if you were to, like, if you were to give Urban Meyer USC's roster, if you were to give um, – you know, Bob Stoops, who they were looking at, USC's roster, they definitely will, will win a championship. And if you give them a decade window, they will definitely win a couple of championships. Um, then give your man a decade Ryan, window. He didn't understand that the rest of the pack wants SC to keep Clay. You can't deny that. They want SC to keep Clay. SC, they, they had one really bad season, and they were quick to just cut that man's throat and tarmac him like they did Lane Kiffin. Don't get me wrong. I think Lane Kiffin is a terrible football coach. I, I don't. Clay is better I, than both Lane and. I would agree. Yeah. And Sarkeesian. They, honestly, USC should have kept Coach O back in the day is what they should yeah. have done. It, that man is a great football coach. Anyways, um. I, I, you gotta understand this argument is not is Clay Helton a great football coach? Is he an urban? Is he a Dabo? Is he a Nick Saban? The argument here is you claim that he sucks, and I'm telling you that he is a good football coach. He still sucks. He still sucks. Oh my God. Oh, that, that, I'm just telling you, I laid out the statistics for you because I know you'd love to hear them for our fans. I know I got a little bit into it, but I just, I, I gotta, I, I mean, it, it's just the way I, I – that's how I think about Clay Houghton. I think he's a good football coach. I think he had one bad year. I think he turned him on the right track with all the injuries. I think starting a four-string running back, you're not going to have a good run game. Then that leads in the past, whatever the case is. I think they put up a very close game, if not win, against Iowa in the, in the Holiday Bowl last year if Keaton doesn't get hurt. So, like I said, I think – for Clay Houghton, in my eyes, I know he's done all these accolades. I know I'm pushing for him. I know all that. But, CG, I will admit to you that Clay Houghton is not a good coach if USC is not good this year. 
I, I'm serious. So I think this is the right. last chance. This is the chance to prove chance. himself, me, everybody, that he is a good football coach. If they go to the Pac-12 championship or go like five and one or whatever, he's going to have a job next year and he's going to prove, or in your eyes, he's going to do enough to keep his job for one more. I think, I think he just gets a free pass this year. I don't know. I really don't think he gets a free pass because – he, they have the number seven recruiting class coming in the next year. I don't think they would want him if he has a bad year this year. I don't think they would want him. Okay. That's I, a good point. I, I think he has to go five and one or six and zero. Oh okay, and win packs packs out because dude, like college football, it's all recruiting, right? It's all about bringing in these recruits. And if they yeah. have what did they have the other year? Like the fifty four, like sixty four behind Miami, Ohio. Bad. Hey, like, that's my bad. dad's all my Don't hate on them. Terrible. Oh, oh sorry. But football. <laughs> No, it's okay. We we always tell him Miami vote who, so it's all good. Um, yeah. So I I I mean they can't be losing recruits like that, um, especially in the LA area. They've lost yeah. Thibodeau and Flo now, so yeah. that's that's not good. Mike and uh, what's what's his name? The number one recruit that committed to Clemson for oh, next no, year. Oh, Foreman. He decommitted. Foreman. He decommitted. So he might come to SC. He's actually like crystal ball to come to SC. And and DJ Ugla, blah, 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 blah. And Bryce. Well, Bryce Young. So, mm-hmm. you know. So they're losing They're losing a lot of time that they normally they don't. Lose. So you, you basically right. agree with my argument. He's got to embrace that. Well, I, he's got to embrace There's that. something that they're doing wrong that these kids aren't going to them, you know? Like these they're kids. Losing. These that's what they're doing. And that's winning championships. No. These kids are choosing to leave LA to live in freaking Eugene, Oregon. No, no. Well, worse. God, but South you Carolina facilities, bro. Like, I think, I think schools I know. are finally catching up and realizing, wow, like the treatment that I'm gonna get, like the facilities that I'm gonna be in, like SC with Pete Carroll. I feel like was the start. Like he brought in like celebrities. He like treated them like pros. Like he brought that in, and all these other schools kind of caught up. Yeah, and so now I like mean, he's SC, doing something wrong. Well, hundred percent, he's doing something wrong. But I mean, he was able to bring in the seventh ranked class this year. So, like, how much is he? Yeah, next year, next year, or next. Glad y'all are starting to see what I'm seeing. Well, I mean, to be honest, come on. If if you were a top recruit in football and you got an offer from USC, Oregon, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, I bet I can tell you your top three schools. And purely football based, yes. not in the pack. Purely football what? based. Yeah. USC has like the best of both worlds, but right now one of those worlds, which is the football element of things, is just not good. So that's the reason why people are going to the Elton. Like that's why people would rather live in Death Valley, Louisiana, and play for LSU or or the Tuscaloosa. Well, also, because they get a better chance at winning a ring. Exactly. Now, now that I'm know? thinking about it too, SC got hit with those sanctions early in the in the tens, right? Like 2012 or whatever, and like. I think because they obviously weren't that good those years, it's been a while since SC's been at the top, and they finally got a taste of it with the Rose Bowl and stuff, and then Clay just let them down, like USC fans down so badly by by being so good and then being so bad right away that they're <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Like, like, no, this isn't happening again. Like, this guy needs to go. And I think it's like an impatient, like, like thing – well, we'll LA see. fans are very fickle. LA fans are very fickle. Just a yeah. heads up, Laker yeah. fans, you Dodger fans. You know we, you know we, we, we expect greatness. We expect greatness. Exactly. Win, win, win. So we'll see. I think this is his year because it's like Texas. Tom Herman should be let go of Texas at the end of this year. 
Yeah, he's not yeah. winning. It's the same thing. He's, so he's more loudmouth. Clay is more nice. So I mean, they had they had one good year under him, and then now they're not that good anymore. And we're back. Either they're not back. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Right. You guys want to wrap? It's been an hour. Let's wrap. Yeah. All right. Hopefully, uh, you know what? All for all you listening, uh, be on the lookout. You know, USC plays at nine in the morning. So I'll be waking up at halftime for that game. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. But uh, USC plays at 9 against Arizona State. Big game. You know, might determine the South. Oregon plays Stanford at 4.30 p.m. Uh, please be on the lookout for those games. Watch it so you can join our conversation. That's going to do it for today's episode. Hope, you know, hope you kind of were entertained by all of us arguing. It was a, it was a good episode. One of our best so far. Um, you know, that's going to do it. I'll catch you on the next episode. Peace.